don't know if you saw the sign out front that said, may your, um, may your troubles last as long as your resolutions. Um, and, and the thing about that is, yes, often on New Year's we make resolutions and they don't last, in, you know, they last in January, basically. And so, you know, the hope is that all the troubles that are befalling us, you know, they'll, they'll be short-lived and, and there will come an end to these things. And, you know, 2022, it's another year. It's starting off kind of crazy like the past couple of years. And that makes it even more important then that when we make resolutions or when we make commitments, we do those with our, a purpose in mind, a clear purpose in mind. It's so important because what good is it to lose a few pounds if you're not fulfilling God's purposes in your life, right? And so many times we settle for, oh, I'm going to, you know, make this resolution to do this or change this little thing. But no, let's resolve to fulfill the purpose that God has called us to. And so today I want us to look at our purpose, our mission as a church and as individual Christians because we so often drift. So it's important every now and again to uh, re-examine what's our purpose, what is our mission, um, because we drift. And especially when things change. When things are changing in the world, it's really easy to, for the changes of the world to change our direction, change our destination, when no, all that means when things change, when circumstances change, no, our goals, our purpose stays the same. We just might have to do of different things to get there, right? And so it's so important to ask ourselves, what is our purpose? And at Second Baptist Church, our purpose is to worship God, to love people, and to grow Christ followers. We came up with this mission not just because it sounded nice, but by looking at the Scriptures. And when we look at the Scriptures, we see what is God's purpose for His church. And it is to worship God, to love people, and to grow Christ followers. But the thing is, is that's also the, the, um, the purpose for individual Christians as well. But here's the problem is we often don't even ask, right? We don't even ask, well, what's our purpose? What's, what's our mission? And if we don't ask, then we certainly aren't clear about it. And then sometimes when we do ask, all right, what's my purpose? What's my mission? We often then don't act upon that purpose, especially, again, when things are happening in our world, like this pandemic. It's that just because we have a pandemic doesn't mean we stop worshiping God, loving people, and growing Christ followers. It just means we have to figure out different ways to do that. So it's even more important to, be, to clarify our mission, and then commit to that mission, and what's the best way to get there. And so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, because in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul is writing to one of the churches uh, that he started, and they seem to really not be on the same page. There's lots of division in the church. They're doing this, doing that. Some people are going off on these hobby horses and that hobby horse. And, and so Paul, he wants to give them guidance, and he can give us guidance as well. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, if it's 2022, we're going to start out with some context, right? I'm going to give you the context. We're not just going to pop into 1 Corinthians 9 without looking at the context, it's a new year, but we're not going to change that. Um, so the, the Corinthian church, right, it had divisions. If you look at 1 Corinthians, there's all sorts of divisions because they're not on the same page. And Paul tells them 
that, no, the reason you, you all need to have the same message, and that message is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he gave his life uh, for our sins, he rose from the dead, and because of that, we can have transformation and new life in Christ. He's like, that's the message. We all need to be unified in that message. And then he says we have to be unified in motivation as well. The motivation be building one another up. It's not each trying to get ours. It's, no, we're trying to build one another up. He says that we need to be on the same page. And then he uses himself as an example in that, uh, in the particular example he uses at the beginning of chapter 9, is that although he should have been um, given financial support by the Corinthian church while he worked among them, he didn't push for that. It's like, well, why didn't Paul need to eat? Yes, but his main motivation was, wait, I want to preach Christ and I want to build people up. And things like that, those are, you know, those aren't the essentials. And so if I need to make tents, if I need to do this, I'm going to keep doing that so that I accomplish the mission. And so his example that he gives is, all right, don't change the the mission, rather change your actions, change your approach in service of your mission. Otherwise, there's going to be drift, there's going to be division. And he's saying, that's what's happening with you, Corinthians. And so let me just tell you how I roll, how I approach things. And that's where we come to 1 Corinthians 9, uh, verse 19. Okay, so that's all context. Verse 19, he says, for though I am free from all, the gospel has made Paul free, I've made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not myself being under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. And when he says win, here he's talking about win them to Christ. He's talking about them becoming Christians and accepting the, the gospel. Uh, to the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all people that I by my, by, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So here Paul's saying, I've got a clear purpose. It's, it's to win people, to save people by sharing the gospel of Christ. And he says, and, and, and how do I do that? Well, I, I, I do that by keeping that goal clear. I don't run as if there's no finish line. I don't box as if I don't have a target. No, there is a target. There is a goal. There is a mission. And Paul says, and I adjust to make sure I achieve that mission. So that in this example, he says, and so when I'm trying to reach my Jewish brethren, I do it in a way that uh, takes into account the barriers that they might have. If when I'm trying to reach my uh, non-Jewish uh, um, brethren, well, then I do that in a way that speaks to them. I become all things to all people, he says, so that he could save some. So in order to be faithful to the purpose... 
he has to change and he has to adjust his actions. Because, see, here's the thing, is, the, is God is unchanging. The gospel is, does not change, but the world changes, right? People change. Different, there's different people in the world. There's different generations. There's different people of different backgrounds. So the world changes, and so we don't change the gospel. God doesn't change, but what we do is we, we in order to get to that goal, we change how we do things so that God will stay number one, so that the gospel will continue to be received, that's why, for instance, I am not preaching in biblical Greek, even though that's what Paul wrote in. Why? Because no one would understand it. You see, things change, the world changes, but the gospel doesn't change, God doesn't change, and so to communicate that unchanging nature, we have to adjust. And that's what Paul's saying he's doing, right? An illustration is... Um, I had a lot of construction going on in my neighborhood this year. In, in Hoyok, they were replacing the water lines and the uh, gas lines. So, so when I would wake up and have to get here, you know, come to, to work here at the church building, um, sometimes the roads that I normally take had gigantic holes in them because they were replacing water lines. So what did I need to do? Did I say, well, no, I go this way every day and I leave at this time. I can't do it, so I guess I'll stay home. No, no because that's not the goal, right? The destination is, is here, and I might have to change my route because the situation changes. So, too, it is with how we do things. That's what Paul is talking about. See, many churches get in disputes about the route. They, they, they get in disputes about the route we take. No, it's the destination. We have to be clear on the destination, just as the destination was me going from Holyoke to here. Sometimes I have to take a different route. Sometimes even I would have to move my car early because they would, I couldn't get out of my driveway because there would be a big pit there. Again, it wasn't just, oh, I can't leave because I always leave at this time. And no, that, the destination, the way we get to the destination can change, but the destination doesn't change. The destination is the gospel. The destination is um, God. So for, for Corinth and for us, like Paul, he, he, our mission is to grow Christ followers through the gospel message. So we need to adjust. We need to adjust not the message, but the way we present it. And so if we want to reach new generations of people, well, then we have to adjust so that we reach them in a way that they would understand. When we want to, um, just like Paul did. And we live in a different culture now. We live in an unchurched culture. So back you know, 40, 50 years ago, you could build it and they would come. Meaning, you build a nice church building, you have a decent preacher, you've got decent music, you'll pack the place out. Why? Well, because we lived in a Christian culture. Everyone came to church. We don't live in that culture anymore. Now, if you're under 30, it's a rarity that you would come to church. You're an anomaly if you're a regular churchgoer. And so things change. The message doesn't change, but the techniques, the, 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 the way we go about it must change. And that's what Paul's doing. That's what Paul is saying. And we don't do it based on um, 
you know, what people like or what people don't like. Rather, we do it in saying, saying, all right, here's the gospel, and we want to win a hearing. And so instead of a build it and they will come mentality, instead of an attractional church kind of model, really what we need to be doing is building relationships. When it comes to loving people and growing Christ followers, we have to build relationships. We have to connect with our community in a way where we have those relationships so that we're actually able to share the gospel with unchurched people. Because otherwise they don't listen. Right? They don't flock to church. Huh? I wonder what the Bible says. No, but if they're connected to someone like you or me who is a Christian, and they understand that we care about them, and we're doing things in the community, then we win that hearing so that then when we share the gospel, there's open ears. Now, they still might reject it, and most of the time they do. But again, this is an example of if we're truly going to fulfill our mission to grow Christ followers... And that includes people, bringing people from being unchurched, non-believing, non, non to believing. It's about those relationships, and it's about helping them understand the good news. The other thing I want you to notice in the Scripture is that Paul makes sure that in pursuit of this purpose, he doesn't lose himself. He doesn't lose his purpose, but he doesn't lose himself. And what I mean by that is that if we just have goals and we don't address our own health, our own readiness, we're going to end up failing. Because a part of the purpose of gospel transformation is that the gospel transforms us as well. Many times we as Christians give people this idea or we have this idea that the gospel, the, the good news of Jesus Christ dying for our sins and rising from the dead, that's for other people, right? Because I already believe that. So the gospel's for other people. No, the gospel's for you and I as well. It's the power to transform us from the inside out. It's not just for them. It's for us. That's why oftentimes one of the, I guess, discouraging things sometimes is when I preach a sermon about the gospel or preach a sermon about anything, someone will come up to me, good sermon, pastor. I hope they heard it. Hmm. Well, I hope they heard it too, but did you hear it? Did I hear it? You see, when I pre prepare a message, I, I always make sure that, I, that the message has to speak to me first. Otherwise, it's me giving you a message. No, God has to speak to me, and he's transforming me through the gospel. He's transforming us. So when Paul says in verse 27, I discipline my body, keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. He's talking about a part of our purpose and calling. Yes, it's about the world. It's about reaching the world for Christ, but it's also about transformation of our own selves that God's word would transform our hearts. So when we pray for revival to break out, it must first break out in our own hearts, in our church, and then to the community. So one of the things about our mission, of it's grow Christ followers. Yes, there's an urgency to grow Christ followers, meaning uh, people who haven't believed in Jesus, that they would believe in Jesus. But it's purposefully vague, because meaning we need to grow. I, like, I'm already a Christ follower, but I still need to take a step towards Jesus every single day. My journey does not end until I'm standing before Jesus. And so every one of us must continue to grow. Every one of us must continue to grow as Christ followers. And that's what Paul's saying here. He's saying, yeah, that's my purpose. That's my goal as I share. But I make sure that I grow too. I make sure that the gospel does its work in me. 
And that's where with, uh, you know, a part of the vision at Second Baptist Church of our mission is to grow Christ followers. One of the ways that we're going to accomplish that is through what's called the Vine Project. And that, that word of, you know, taking a step towards Jesus every time we gather, that's taken from that idea of the Vine Project. Making sure that the vine of Jesus grows and the gospel grows in us every time we gather. Every time we gather together that we're taking a step towards Jesus. And if we don't do that, we're not accomplishing our mission. So if we were to pack this place out, so it's not pandemic time, we were to pack this place out and it was just everyone felt happy as they left, but no one actually took a step towards Jesus, that's a failure. That is not accomplishing the mission. You see, we have to have that mission clearly in our minds so that we ask every time we get together, all right, did we worship God? Uh, did we love people? Did we grow as Christ followers when we gathered? Because otherwise, we did not accomplish the mission. You see, that's the thing, is, is what is our purpose? What is our calling? And the other question would be, well, where do we get that purpose? As I mentioned uh, in the intro, that we don't just come up with a mission. As a church, we say, all right, this is Christ's church. And so what's his mission for us? And we said, all right, it's worship God, uh, love people, grow Christ followers. But as individual Christians, we also get our mission from God. We discover his mission, and, and then we go about fulfilling his purposes. And so where do we look? Well, we look at the Scriptures. So we already understand from what Paul is talking about that one part of what God is calling us as individual Christians to do is to do things for the sake of the gospel, right? Sharing the good news of Jesus, living in that growing as Christ followers and growing Christ followers. But then, in a nutshell... I'll give you the other part, um, Matthew twenty-two thirty-five through 40. Somebody asked Jesus, he's like, hey, what's, teacher, what's the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus said, and you've probably heard this scripture. He says, um, so it, this is Matthew 22, verse 35 and 36. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and prophets. And so when we're looking at what is our purpose, what's God's mission for us, Jesus here gives it in a nutshell. He says, all right, love God with everything, which is another way of saying worship God, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love, worship God, love people. And then when we take the Apostle Paul's um, instruction, it would grow Christ followers. So when we ask, God, what do you want me to be doing? Oftentimes, we're looking for specifics, like, all right, what career should I do? Uh, where should I live? All this. No, basically, God's saying, all right, I want you to worship me. I want you to love your neighbor. I want you to grow as a Christ follower, and I want you to help others grow as Christ followers. And now, that's your mission. Now, what about your particular calling? That's the vision that God has. That's your calling on your life. So that as we have this mission, each one of us is different. Each one of us grows up in a different community, a different background. And God says, all right, I, want, I have a vision for your life. So what's the difference between mission and vision? A mission is our purpose, right? It's what God uh, has us to do. Vision is how we accomplish that mission. Okay, so the vision can be slightly different. That's why if pretty much you go to any Bible-believing church, 
you're going to find their mission statement to be something like love God, love people, make disciples, something like that, okay? I'm not being original because I don't want to be original. I want God, what God's purpose for his church is. So that's why almost every church has that type of mission. However, each church and each individual has a particular vision for how that mission is accomplished. So our vision for reaching our community is going to look different than, let's say, a, a uh, a, a church in Uttar Pradesh in India, how are they going to reach their community? Well, they have the same mission, but their vision for making disciples, it's going to look a little bit different. Their way that they're going to express loving God, it's going to look a little bit different. So the vision is, what does it look like as we accomplish our mission? So, um, let's, uh, let me give an example on this. Um, I can't believe it, but it's already been like two years since I was called as the settled pastor at Second Baptist Church. Well, <laughs> thanks, but, <laughs> but like <laughs> a year and a half of that has been pandemic time. So it's been rough. But when I came, uh, there was a vision that I put out and said, all right, if you're going to call me as pastor, I want you to understand that this is the mission and this, the vision is how I'm going to go about helping us um, achieve our mission. And if you could put that up on the, yeah, some of the bullet points I had on that was that first, the vision that I have and that we have is to envision a church actively carrying out its mission to worship God, love people, and grow disciples. You say, well, is that circular reasoning? Isn't that your mission? Well, you see, a lot of churches, they don't do things. They do things by tradition or whatever. No, the vision is not to do things because we've always done them that way. It's just not. And so when you hired me as pastor, that was basically, yeah, I'm not going to do things that way. How are we going to do things is we're going to examine everything up to the mission and say, does this help us get there? Or if we're doing this, how can we better do this so that we can accomplish our mission. Envision a church developing leaders. Envision a, a clearly established path that guides newcomers into becoming active, growing church members. And then there's bullet points on all of these things. But basically, this vision is, is going to be, as a church, we're going to be mission-directed. And I think that's important so that you understand, hey, where are we going as a church? We're going towards the mission. That's our destination. Right? And that's clear. But also, when we focus on growing Christ followers, all right, because we want to develop leaders, we want to grow disciples, we also want a, a diverse set of people growing as disciples and being developed as leaders. And so what that looks like is that we want people of all different backgrounds, all different generations, all different um, uh, ethnicities, and empowering each person to step into their God-given calling. And so we recruit people and say, oh, you want to grow as a disciple? That's exciting. We want to help you do that. And then we release people. Okay, we don't get everyone to get in lockstep with preferences or tradition. What we get people in lockstep with is this is our mission. Okay? Our mission is to worship God to love people and to grow Christ followers.
ours. How can you do that? How can we help you do that in your life? And so we recruit and we release, right? We don't say, all right, I want you to be on the music team or I want you to teach a Sunday school and so this is what you must do. No. It's, all right, what are you good at? What are you good at? What are you passionate about? What is your personal calling for God, how God is calling you to worship him and to love people and to grow as a Christ follower? All right, I want to help you achieve that. I want to help you grow in that. And I want to help you fit into our church, how we're doing it. Because the church is the people. If the church is an organization, if the church is simply a set of programs, well then sure, here's our set of programs, you must fit into them. But if the church is the people, then every program, everything we do is based on people stepping into their God-given calling. And that's the exciting thing. That's, that means there's going to be lots of change because every new person that comes, every person who, who passes on or leaves, the church changes because the church is the people. But one thing that doesn't change is, all right, how can I help you worship God, love people, and grow as a Christ follower? And it's going to be different for each one of us, but we're going to be unified in that mission. So I'm not going to come to you and say, all right, this is what you need to do. It's going to be, I'm going to, how can I help you grow as a Christ follower? And that's what we need to do as a church. That's the vision, all right? And it's, it's, it should be more common, but it's not. A lot of churches have the vision of, again, this attractional model. All right, here's some good teaching. Here's some good music. You know, you come, you absorb, you enjoy, give some money. That's it. No, we want to grow disciples. And you grow as a disciple when you step out and start serving. You start using your gifts. So we want to get rid of any barrier that would cause you to say, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to sit this out. So that's a part of the vision. And so for some folks, they're not going to be able to handle that, right? Some folks are going to be like, no, no, I, I just, my, my personal vision is to have everything exactly the same as it always has been. And I, I, that's not what it is. That's not our mission. It's not. No matter how much that might upset you, our mission is not to keep things the same. Our mission is to worship God to love people, and to grow Christ followers. And so just though, as churches have similar missions and different visions, again, so too might you have a different vision. But as a church member, what we're trying to do is saying, all right, as you worship God, love people, and grow Christ followers, how, do you, how can we do that together? Because that's really what church membership is. It's saying, all right, we've covenanted together. We're going to help one another worship God, love people, and grow as Christ followers. And how you do that might look a little bit different, but that's okay because that's what the body is. There's some people who function in the body as a hand. There's others who function as a foot, as the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12. But we, all, we are all connected to that head, and we are all connected in that same mission. So as you look back on 2021, was it a year of purpose for you personally? 
can you say with the Apostle Paul, like in verse 26, I did not run aimlessly? Or was there a lot of activity? Was there a lot of flailing your arms around, but you really feel like you didn't accomplish what God called you to accomplish? I mean, if that's you, then that happened to a lot of us. It happened to a lot of us. Did the pandemic totally derail you? Well, if that's the case, you know, clarifying your mission helps that not to happen. Clarifying and committing to God's purposes in your life help you to make those adjustments so that when the waves of change, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's generational change or whatever, when they come hitting you, right, it doesn't mean that, oh, I'm going to stop going to where God called me to be. It means, oh, I guess I've got to take the long route around. Because <laughs> a lot of times that's what it is, right? When there's construction, oh, I got to take a detour. It's going to take me longer to get there. I have to leave at a different time, but I'm still going to get there. That's still my destination. So clarify your purpose and then commit to that purpose. Just as a church, we clarify our purpose and we commit to that purpose. And I hope as a church member that you're doing that and I want to help you figure out how that, you know, how does our church's mission, how does that help you in your personal uh, purpose and mission? But then also, how does your personal purpose flow into what we're doing here? Because that's what it means to do church together, right? It means doing these things on the same page. And then lastly, you know, Paul also warned, he says, you know, I make sure that when I pursue my purpose, I don't lose myself. I don't lose sight of what's truly uh, going to cause me to be able to achieve this purpose. Um, and he talks about preaching the gospel to himself. Don't make sure that a part of your mission is seeking God and his gospel to do some transformative work in your heart. Because if you're running towards your destination, running to your purpose in your own power, with your own love, with your own patience, you're going to run out. You're going to run out of gas. That's why it's also important to make sure we focus on the gospel ourselves. And that's why it's so appropriate that we would begin our new year observing the Lord's Supper. Because what is the purpose of the Lord's Supper? It's so that we would settle down, we would remember, wait, what's the message? The message is that Christ died for our sins. That as we take the bread and take the cup, we're remembering his broken body, his shed blood, that makes us right with God. It's our message. It's our, our empowerment. And so when, as we start, we, we have to remember who it is who saved us. We have to remember the message that we have. It's unchanging. So that as we go into 2022, and there's going to be a lot of changes, right? I mean, we already have all these changes, but there's going to be more. And so it's so much more important then to settle down and focus on the unchanging message of Christ and Christ himself. And so if you haven't already, take your cup and your wafer 
And one thing that isn't different is these things are hard to get open. And, and so in 1 Corinthians 11, okay, the Apostle Paul, remember this is the same book. We talked about 1 Corinthians 9. He talks about having a clear purpose. In 1 Corinthians 11, he talks about taking the Lord's Supper. And he's saying, all right, I want you to be settled and clear on our, the unchanging gospel. And so he says, I gave to you what I first received, that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We take the bread in remembrance of Christ's broken body. We further read that Jesus then, he takes the cup. And he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of sins. And so we take and we drink this cup in remembrance of Christ's shed blood on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord Jesus, we've taken this bread and this cup on this second day of 2022 as an acknowledgement of our utter need for you. Lord, of our acknowledgement that you are the center. Jesus, you are number one in our church, that our mission is to worship you, Lord Jesus, and it's to love people as you love them, as you gave your life for us. May we love others. And Lord, may we take this message of your, of your good news, of your broken body, of your shed blood for for the saving of the world, may we take this message into our own hearts. God, we've taken the bread and cup as, as a symbol that we trust in the gospel, but may we also share it with others. And so, Lord, we, we rejoice in who you are, and we pray that this year would be a year where we are growing in you, a year where your broken body and your shed blood, Lord, they are... Um, they're the center of who we are, and they're the center of our purpose. But Lord, be glorified among us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.